Hey, I'm Stephen Hovatter, the lead minister at Central Church of Christ in Little Rock, Arkansas. Our goal as a church is to follow Jesus together. So we gather on Sunday mornings for Bible study at 9 a.m. and worship at 10, 15 a.m. And you'd always be welcome to join us. To learn more, go to arcentralchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon. Hear the word of God from Isaiah chapter 11. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse. A branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity, with justice for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips. He shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid and the calf and the lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the viper, and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt nor destroy on all of my holy mountain, for the earth. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Amen. Have a seat. We are in a season of marking time. And that's really all this is. It's a way of calling our attention to where we are located in time. A way of thinking about, you know, where we are on the map of time, where we sit, what is, in, what is behind us, what is in front of us, where we are in relationship to the past, where we are in relationship to the future. You do these sorts of things, right? Last month in our house, we had an event we celebrated that our little girl Lucy went from that to that. Ten years ago, Lucy was born. And you know what? When she was that little size of a kind of large baked potato, she was real snuggly, and she ain't changed a bit, okay? 
And we said, we marked it, right? We got out a cake, we put candles on it, we lit them up, we sang happy birthday. We spent a little time marking out where we are in time, right? Saying, can we believe that 10 years have passed since that day when that little child came into the world? We do that looking past into the time. We have lots of events on our family calendar that are like that. We mark everybody's birthday. We mark the day that Mike and Izzy came to live in our home uh, from foster care. We mark the day that Kelly and I got married. This last year, we started celebrating. We got a cupcake for the dog's birthday, y'all. And I nearly cried, you know. We mark time. We look into the future too, right? In uh, this last week, my, my boy Deacon, you know, his birthday's coming up in January. In our house, we have two calendar, two month long calendars on our refrigerator. That's where everything goes that we don't want to forget, right? We're going to so and so's house. We're doing this on Saturday. We got a basketball game on Thursday, and Deacon recognized, ah, November is gone. Now we're in December. And that means it's time to do January's calendar. And he was excited to do that because guess whose birthday is in January? Kelly's. And Deacon's. And I made sure, hey, we need to remember to put both of these on there, right? Because we look, we use that, we use the calendar to mark things that have happened in the past, and we use it to look forward into the future, to the things that have been and to the things yet to come, right? You got some dates circled on your calendar for things coming out in the future? Ever been in a space where you had something that was coming and you, you knew it was coming and you just couldn't wait to turn the calendar to that page to see it? You know, this last year, we've had a lot of things happen in the Hovatter's life. We made this big move to Little Rock. We put those calendar dates on the calendar. We looked forward to them. And I'll tell you, there were things that we looked forward to with great anticipation we were excited about. There were also things that we looked forward to we were kind of anxious and nervous about too. And every day, it all came a little bit closer. Time marched on a little bit. There's all sorts of things that we are we are celebrating in the past and we look forward into the future. We don't know where we are always for some of those dates. We can't fix dates. Jesus' disciples seemed frustrated with him when he would ask, they would ask him, well, when is the day of the God coming? When is the last day? When is the day of judgment? What day will you restore the kingdom? And he's always you know, pushing them back on that. Guys, it's not for you to know the times and the dates. You know that it's coming, but I can't tell you when it's coming. And yet Jesus also told his disciples, the sailors know more about how to read the seasons than you do. And there's things you need to be attentive to that mark the coming of God. 
though it is still wrapped in mystery. We have things that we do to, to mark the time, right? The, Paul tells us that we come and, and when we gather at the table of Jesus that we are marking the Lord's death, remembering the Lord's death until he comes. And we don't know how many more gatherings at the table there are until he comes, but we know that every time we come together, there's one less. So we kind of live in that space of marking time. And yet, what's in front of us is still cloaked in mystery. We know some, but we don't know it all. That's part of what's a little bit artificial about this thing that happens sometimes in Advent. We light some candles here. We put, uh, we put five up, one for each Sunday of this Advent season and one for uh, those four of those and then you know, one for Christmas Day. We'll kind of mark time and you know, we'll kind of say this is one week, now we've got two weeks. We'll do a third week, a fourth week. And if God stays his coming, maybe there will be a fifth one. Maybe not. But we find ways to mark the time and to remind ourselves that, yeah, we've got a little bit of a sense of what's happening in the here and the now, and we've got a sense of what has happened in the past, and we've got some sense of the future too, even though we know that we are not all together there. When we think about that and we look towards the unlit candles or we look towards the times and the things that we still await that we don't know, when we read into poetry like Isaiah has left us where it talks about some things that to us might seem absurd, impossible, ridiculous. We think about what it means to, to have God make all things right or what it things, uh, means for God to bring about a final judgment on the world or what it means for there to be a new heavens and a new earth. And we look into that future and when we, kinda, when we have a time marked out to deepen our sense of waiting and to remember it and to really sit in it a little bit, then we can deepen our sense of the things that we long for. We don't do that normally. Normally we wanna take the things that we're longing for and we wanna push them out of our attention. We wanna find ways to distract ourselves. We wanna find ways to hide them, find ways to just kind of make it as if everything's all right, right? Everything's okay, there's no problem. I told about, I don't know, 30 people this morning that the Hovehatters had a good week. Three of our kids spent three nights puking all night, y'all. It wasn't all right. I mean, it was, a, I'm glad we're, I hope we're through with it. But we find ways, don't we, of kind of pretending like we don't have heartbreaking things that we are longing to be made right. Who came into the church this morning and brought with you a little heartbreak? A waiting church is a longing.
church. And when we tune ourselves to the re of where we are in time, we attune ourselves to the reality that we all have deep longings within us that cannot be fulfilled until Jesus returns. Is it true? I have some of those things. You have some of those things. I, I think we're made richer when we acknowledge some of those heartbreaking things that we carry with us to the church house. I think our communion is deeper when we acknowledge our wounds, the things that make right. When I think of the longings that I have that are within my heart, there are some that are, are very, very broad, and, and then there are some that are intensely personal. A personal one. I have family members who suffer with serious chronic pain and who have for decades. Been to all the doctors, taken all the pills, no real map forward to make it all right. Most of the time, I pretend like that's not true. But there is a part of me when I look in and I really think about it, there is a part of me that waits with heartache and heartbreak for that broken body to be made whole. I have a friend back in Tullahoma. Yesterday, she buried her husband. After a couple of years, which were for her very intense, as she had to take on a caregiving role for her spouse whose body and mind were rapidly breaking down. And man, I wait for the day when they're in, where all that is wiped away. You, you, are you with me? Now, some of y'all, we've only been here around a little bit. I know some of the things that you guys long for. I mean, you take 10 people and you've got 10 different stories, right, of the things that are within for which they ache and long to be made right and made whole. The, for me, I, I, I spend a lot of time, uh, I'll kind of look on, on the broader scale a little bit. And of course, in the last year, this um, tragic stuff that's happened. We've mentioned it, you know, repeatedly, but the, the tragedy of what's happening in the Ukraine right now, where this unchecked aggression uh, from, from Russia has created untold 
suffering and misery. Untold suffering and misery. I read this article the other day about children in cities that, have, that were in the kind of the first sweep as Russia came through. And these children who were separated from their parents that were just shipped back into Russia and basically farmed out because there was no way, they had no way of figuring out whether their parents were, if their parents in the Ukraine were dead or alive. So when we talk about what it means for the world to cease its violence in a broad scale. It's not just on the other side of the world, though, right? Big announcement this last week. The Air Force has uh, announced that they finally have the new stealth bomber ready. The B-21, the Raider. It's going to be an awesome killing machine. They're really proud that they've kept the price tag at $600 million a piece. They're going to start off with just ordering 21 of them. While you're doing that math in unrelated news, thousands more teachers will quit this next week because they're under-resourced. And somewhere a case or will try to figure out how they're going to get to all 60 of the kids in foster care that are on their list. When I say that we too have complicitness in all that, I want you to understand that I just moved from a place where uh, the major funding source in that town was a big old air force base that did uh, that did development and engineering some of those 600 million dollars are in my pocket I'm not just beating somebody else up I've had my salary paid by those dollars When we think about what it means for peace to come on the earth, it's that grand scale, right? It's the machine that rolls through because of the pride of a, of a warlord. And it's also the small things that break down that make it impossible for us to imagine what it means to just stop fighting each other. It's the violence on the other side of the earth, and it's also the violence on the other side of the street. And I mean that as literally as possible. There was another shooting two blocks from here last week. About enough to make you cry out. How long, oh Lord? How long? So I've got some things. I've got some heartbreaks that I brought to me, to, brought to church with me this week. I come to church and I get a microphone. It's easy for me to share those things. I'd like to have a chance for you guys to share those today too. We set up four tables around today. Around the auditorium, there's one here, or a couple in the back, one over here. 
They've got these big old post-it notes on them. You remember when we had the things for the schools around the auditorium? We took those down so that we could make space to do something different. And so for the rest of this season, I want us to decorate the walls of this church with the longings of the people. Let's lean into longing a little bit and let's find a way to express to God and to each other what those things are that are within our hearts that we are desperately longing to be made right. I'm gonna start with Isaiah's. Isaiah, who in the text from chapter 11 speaks about a peace that is so deep that even these like dangerous animals learn to be at ease with each other. Don't feel like you have to be too unique. If we ended up with 300 that just said peace, that would be okay. But our invitation's a little bit different today. Because I wanna hear the things that you long for. They might be different for each of us. I, we had a good meal with some friends last night, had this great meal, went together, and I had roast and potatoes, and I was as happy as could be. But I wanted to tell you that in Leslie Cooper's eyes, there was a sparkle when she told the, wait, the waitress, I would like the dessert the tres leches cake. A veritable sparkle. So I want to know, what is it, what is it that's the sparkle of your eye? What is it that is in your heart? What is it that is in your longing? What is it that you read about in scripture and on the last day, Jesus is gonna make it happen and you say, oh, I cannot wait until that is so. You can write your name, you cannot write your name. I don't, I don't care, but what I would want to invite you to do is as we sing these songs, as we stand and sing, right? As we sing these songs, I don't invite you to come to one of these tables. Grab one of these little pads and find something that is in your longings. And let's, we won't be too orderly. We don't have to, we can, they can be out of line and not properly spaced and all that kind of stuff. But let's, Let's find a way of doing this that allows us to express to each other and to God those longings that we're leaning into. If you are in a place where it would be helpful for somebody to bring one of these notepads to you, if you have some mobility challenges, then please just uh, raise your hand and we'll do that. But for the rest of us, let's, let's uh, go ahead and do this while we're singing together. I need Thee every hour, most gracious Lord. 
No tender voice like that can peace afford. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee, oh, bless me now, my I come to Thee, I need Thee every hour in joy or pain. Come quickly and abide, O life is I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee, oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. I need thee. Every hour, most holy one, oh, maybe thine indeed, thou blessed Son, thine Jesus, I love thee. I know that thou art And for thee, all the follies of sin, I resign. And by Oh. 
How do you describe a love that goes from east to west and runs as deep as it is wide? And you know all our hope, Lord, you know all our fears, and words cannot express the love we feel. But we long for you to hear. So listen to our hearts and hear our spirits sing. A song of praise that flows from those you have redeemed. And we will use these words we know to tell you what an awesome God you are. But words are not enough to tell you of our love. So listen to our heart. If words could fall like rain, Lord, from these lips of mine, and if I had a thousand years, oh, Lord, I would still run out of still out of time. But if you listen to my heart, Lord, every beat would say, Thank you for the life, and thank you for the truth, and thank you for the way. Sing this out together. So listen to our heart. Lord, we will use the words we know to tell you what an awesome God you are. But words are not enough to tell you of our love. So listen to our heart. So listen to our heart. Hear our spirit sing, Lord, a song of praise that flows from those you have redeemed, and we will use these words we know to tell you what an awesome God you are. But words are not enough to tell you of our love. So listen to our heart. Pray with me. Oh God, 
who listens to the depths of our hearts beyond the place of words. You see the things which we long for, those that we can express, and those which are so deep that we cannot express save by your Spirit. We are a waiting people. We are a longing people. Oh God, hear all of these things for which we long. All of the things for which your church through history has longed for and ached for. And oh God, come quickly to our aid. Rise up and save us. Come, Lord Jesus. Um, amen. Have a seat. And I just want to invite you as we move through the rest of this season. Do you come in and out for worship? Take a moment. Read some of the things from your brothers and sisters. Pray over them. We'll get some tape and put them back on the wall. Pray for each other. And let the longings that we lean into not just be the ones that we each know for ourselves, but let's long for the healing that our brothers and sisters long for as well. Let's deepen our communion with each other as we wait on the Lord.